sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts. So let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you. So you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is, you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required, so that's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, So yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hello and welcome. I'm Victoria. And I'm Serena. And together, we're Femme Noir. This podcast is all about women, specifically in film. We're going to review and analyze movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women. And we can't wait for you to join us. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. So in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the 2021 film power of the dog um written and directed by jane campion the film is about charismatic rancher phil burbank who inspires fear and awe into those around him when his brother brings home a new wife and her son phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love i got the synopsis off of letterbox it's not the official one but it's a great one i think it really sums it up Um, (laughs) i know i think i like that they included that yeah it, it, it helps i think yeah um, so, like in every episode, we're going to be starting off with um, trailers, advertisements, our impressions before watching the film, um, then our first impressions on our first watch, then we'll go in more critically into um, things that worked for the film, things that didn't, themes, scenes, dialogue, and that sort of stuff. Um, we'll do our FMF, or Fuck Mary Friend Zone, um, and then we'll look at nine big production positions. Um, things behind the camera and where and how women were included in them then we'll rate the movie and give recommendations based on uh, if you like this movie um okay so i heard a lot about it i don't know the exact day it came out it was sometime in august i think or september it was not widely released but i was reading reviews about it and it was so interesting benedict cumberpatch as a cowboy i was like what the fuck and i was interested because i did read in reviews that it was queer undertones and so i was interested in it's spoiler i fucking love this movie so yeah, that was my first impression <laughs> queer undertones okay yeah. <laughs> undertones i feel like it was obvious <laughs> 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 <I> mean, undertones. <laughs> well you know what's interesting i that's interesting you say that because yeah it's definitely obvious to me but then there were people kind of arguing against it almost that i saw yeah right so the part where he like pleases himself to what was the guy's name bronco bronco henry's yeah. like handkerchief yeah. is not it's not gay <laughs> <laughs> fellas is it gay <laughs> is it gay to um love another man intimately? 
yeah a lot of like dick imagery and that kind of stuff associated okay okay you know what i didn't include it in matrix i told you to look out for butts in this movie what is your opinion on the butts because yeah you did i'll be honest you i kind of forgot you said that and then like because i because okay because i watched it twice i watched it the first time and i got there and i was like whatever like i literally didn't think anything of it i was just like yeah okay they're doing their thing and then like i continued and then I had to watch it a second time because for some reason, like, right after he, like, befriends, uh, the, like, son befriends him, in between, like, that moment when he, like, looks off into the mountain and he's like, this is my favorite part of the whole movie, when he's like, Bronco Henry saw things, like, in ways that people don't normally see things. He's like, now look at this mountain here. <laughs> and he goes what do you reckon he saw and he goes a dog and he's like you just saw that i love that part i can't believe you, you stopped watching after that because that's like the best part and it only gets better no i like watched it but i couldn't remember what happened between right after that and literally <laughs> when when chris kristen dunce like her character like passes out i was like what happened in between that moment like i don't oh my know God. Why. so we watched it the second time and then i saw the boats again and i was like what was it that Fuck Vic yeah. was telling me to like was, what were just they, that they like, were nice. like, look out for and then I was like and, oh yeah. it was the butts and I was like wait why <laughs> <laughs> it's like instead of FMF I feel like we should just rate everyone's butt rate their they butts. were so great actually <laughs> they would all be a 10 so it's not even a point but all yeah just, I, I was a nice little butts. I mean it has because the thing is it has nothing to do with the plot it has but nothing to do it's with just the there's a lot <laughs> of butts so butts. <laughs> <laughs> they're just bathing they're <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, that was really funny. Um, this movie is fucking amazing. I think um, what so one of the things I'm just gonna talk about like I'm just gonna kind of argue um with uh, fake people. So I did read a review <laughs> that said that they didn't like the movie because they weren't convinced that Benedict Cumberbatch like they couldn't buy him as like a rough and tumble type character um because he's supposed to be like intimidating and he's supposed to be scary and he's supposed to be like the the machismo like ranch hand um but I think that that is the point um because (laughs) it was very I mean obvious to me when they say when the who is it the governor comes over um and meets George and the wife yeah they're talking about Phil and and George is like yeah Phil you know he went to university and he majored in classics and the whole thing yeah. so you learn that like he's, he's not that great conversations I want to talk to him so bad Where's yeah like brother? he yeah like he he wasn't raised to be the person that he is he was like a student like yeah. um the kid the child yeah I can't remember his name Me but um <laughs> but um yeah so if you don't buy him like that that's kind of the point um and then that's the the cycle that they establish is that bronco henry was that sort of figure that very like in control very like masculine testosterone like um like patriarchal figure for him because um phil was not that he was very bookish and that's what they imply um, and this film, I will say, it's based on a book, so I don't know how much of this was in the book or how much of it translated over, but that's how they, um, it, like, uh, that's how they present to you what the cycle is, because it seems that Bronco Henry sort of, um, like, gave, um, 
like the way that Bronco Henry brought Phil under his wing because Phil mm. says oh yeah remember when Bronco Henry taught us all this and da 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 and but there's a sort of like there's a forcefulness and it is like toxic because like Bronco Henry was like twice his age um, and sort of came on to him and, and abused his power that that uh, relationship um, but then now Phil is doing the same with the child yeah. um, so and I think that that was like so like beautifully portrayed and very easy to understand yeah um in my opinion so i was shocked when someone said that because i'm like that's the point that <laughs> like, is the point job. you got it <laughs> yeah um yeah so that yeah. was my opinion on that oh man i just so think good. that's fantastic it's a great story because it's not just something like sorry to just pit gay movies against each other but like everyone hated call me by your name because of the age gap um and in that movie it's not really like ever addressed and, and yeah because like, like, which is fine it happens in like italy and there's like different laws in italy so it's just like okay <laughs> like yeah i'm like it's I not that big of a deal but this like one it was movie. like i mean i don't yeah it has like I, yeah i can't not like it it's so good <laughs> even though like there's something spoiled about it with newer information that has come out that's... Wait, spoiled? What do you mean? Oh, just Army Hammer. Oh, yeah. Oh, I <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah, he kind of sucks, huh? Yeah. I heard about that. This is yeah. one of those, like, yeah, dang, it's really hard stuff. to separate the art from the artist, but, like, I mean, if he wasn't in the movie, it, it would have been just as good as it would be without him, probably, in my opinion. Not yeah, to I think say so. he's not a yeah. good actor or anything, but, like, just the story and like everything about like the cinematography script the dialogue is so good it's like mm-hmm. like in in a script writing they have that thing called like the button at like the end of a like a scene where you button a scene and you want it to not necessarily be a cliffhanger but you want that like tension to not quite be dissipated to carry you into the next scene that movie does that so well Anyway, (laughs) yeah, the reason I bring it up is just because that one, I think a lot of people wanted that to be addressed, um, which it never really was. It was it was focused on like the fact that they were gay. Um, And then this one, I feel like they kind of um, it's like Phil is like punished at the end. I really don't want to give away the ending because it was just like so fucking impactful. And I feel like if I do. Well, yeah, sorry, I'm going to break my rule and not spoil it, because it's so fucking good, but, like, at the end, um, when it finally comes back around, it's not just because he's gay, and it's not just because he's a predator, but because he is, uh, fucking up with, um, the kid's mom, like, he's very, very, uh, terrible to her, and tortures her in a lot of different ways, and he's just, like, a bad person, like, in the, the opening scene where they're at the restaurant, and he yells at the people to stop playing the piano, and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's he sucks, and so it's not just about the fact that they are like in like a homoerotic relationship. Whereas like in Call Me by Your Name, where a lot of people wanted that to be addressed, but it was just it, the they present to you, okay, here's a, a relationship between two men, and there's an age gap, and then you want there to be a consequence. But it it would be directly related, and I think that would be too um, too much in the realm of like um, punishing homosexuality, if that makes sense. You know, whereas this one, I feel like they they come out of that a little bit, and they say, "No, yeah. he just sucks. It's not because he's gay. He it just sucks." Yeah, you know? and then like even with the ending, like I think they they do leave it a bit um, like open to question of like if the kid actually knew like what he was doing, and if he did it on purpose. And so mm-hmm. you've also got that aspect of it, which makes it a lot less like 
because they're gay. Like, no, it's not that. <laughs> it's because he sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. Yeah, okay, well, I guess I will spoil it because, um, okay, so he dies at the end. But I think that that's really important because um, it was almost like his own like he kind of brought it on himself because when he gets injured he doesn't treat it because he's that he's like so you know yeah. grungy he's like nah fuck it just rub some dirt on it whatever and then he ends up getting the infection and dies so in the in the in a way it's almost not even like a punishment it's kind of self-inflicted it's it's yeah. like a, a way of karma <laughs> but i just thought that's amazing it's it's great when you can look at something through a lot of different perspectives mm-hmm. yeah because like even he doesn't he doesn't clean it and then on top of that the only reason it's even able to like get infected because they're they make a point to say he doesn't touch like dead animals or animals that have like diseases and stuff like that's not his thing he doesn't do that he knows the consequences um and the only reason that he's able to be in contact with that is because the kid's like here you can have my rope after he's like screaming about the fact that the mom like gave away to like I forget what it was it was like stuff <laughs> it was like cowhides but he yeah, only cowhides. burns them like yeah. specifically so that no one else can have them which that I was, was like, like the, that's a the weird plot idea. point why on earth is he so obsessed with burning because he's so what, what is the point <laughs> I was like it's probably a thing that's like a cowboy thing that I just don't understand because I'm not gonna lie <laughs> westerns and not necessarily like all westerns like i like the like western that are kind of like a like like afrofuturism or like the the like sci-fi like western type thing but i don't know what it is but like westerns that are specifically like period pieces of like our real world i they do not interest me one bit i do not know what it is i'm like i can watch harder they fall all day but this one, like, I don't know. There's literally, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. then maybe the, that's why I probably like the movie so much more because I actually fucking love cowboy, old timey fashion, like Clint Eastwood. Like, uh, I fucking love Brokeback Mountain. I want to be a cowboy so bad. Oh my god. So this movie was like right up my alley because I was like, it's like told from, it's like a modern day look back on, it takes place in like 1920. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, it has this like queer elements and then it's just so, it's like classic western, like cowboy like at its core yeah, like the factor the like almost wow. like home front war between the two yeah it's cool it's awesome i loved it <laughs> um there oh my gosh this movie was like so pretty <laughs> the shots yeah. i remember like i love the shot how they open it up um when they're they're walking through the house with the windows and you're following the character like as they're walking by outside the house and then it ends with like the same scene um well it's like a couple minutes before the like ending ending but like the last you see that's that's when you first see phil and then that's when you last see phil and it's like yes literal full circle like (laughs) it's insane so good there's like the parallels in there and then um I feel like this might be because it's, um, again, I'm gonna bring up, like, the male, 
male gaze versus like the female gaze, whereas um, oftentimes when it comes, this is very actually on point with what you were talking about, like how he's supposed to be like machismo and like super macho guy, yada yada, but the brother has this wonderful moment when they're out in the countryside with his now wife where she's like, yeah, come, we're gonna like look at the trees and have a picnic or whatever, and she's just being like adorable, and he just starts crying. <laughs> oh, I forgot. And about she's that. like, "Oh my gosh, what's wrong? Is it something I did?" And he's like, "No, it's just so nice to not like be alone because I, he like doesn't fit in the world that he's in, and he is having so much trouble trying to like fake it." <laughs> and so to not have to do that by himself like that scene I feel like is very it's very like pivotal I feel like for his character um because I feel like when it comes down to it that moment there is when he starts to not necessarily like take more of like a like control I guess of like okay my brother is not a nice guy he knows this <laughs> but that's when he actually starts to like not necessarily fight against him but he defends those a little bit that his brother's like going against and he brings up things like hey there are people coming over you can't just not bathe <laughs> like yeah. you gotta you gotta show some respect here man and i think that it's it's one of those silent like support things that i think they showed really well in the film of like it's not necessarily that she's a support system. It's just the fact that he knows he's not alone, that now he feels he can or has something worth fighting for, which is interesting because I know normally we don't like female characters that serve that part in the film, but yeah. unfortunately that is that is actually the, the, like, the majority of her role in the film is to be motivation for all three of the male characters actually no it's interesting you bring that up because that was one thing I do remember kind of being like iffy about I was like why is there first of all there's only like one major female character and then she's like driven to insanity and I was like this is so classic like I feel like that isn't that such the way like you know um that always happens like we've seen that where they just are so um like forced into a, an, into a box because even her husband is like I don't know why it was such a weird thing with playing the piano and stuff like that like oh my gosh, but it was something she didn't want like you know and yeah and like even George would like pressure her to play the piano and so it was just kind of like a thing where I mean Phil I guess was where most of her like trauma was coming from mm-hmm. but then she is like kind of like you know the crazy wife like sort yeah. of caricature um in the end I think honestly what saved it was maybe when um like the ending and seeing her like and like George embrace and that kind of stuff and the Mm -hmm. fact that Bill was gone I was like okay so they kind of did give her like an ending they didn't just let you assume okay now it's gonna be okay like Mm. you're able to like see the effects that Phil is having on people through her and then see her recover as well yeah because she says often like like oh can he not be around phil i don't want him around phil because like phil's horrible to me uh like the whole scene where she's trying to practice the piano and he just keeps like playing at the same time and better i was like yo that's straight like that's actually very like 
not necessarily scary, but so freaking annoying and rude and ridiculous. And I was like, that is an intimidation factor right there. Like, that's hardcore, straight up manipulation right there. And yeah, yeah. so I was like, geez, this guy will not stop. Like, he really just (laughs) has to keep everything. He has to be the worst. (laughs) He's just like, I have to do it. And I was like, dang. But I think the other thing that saves her is making the decision and like, having the knowledge really to like also make the decision to like sell or give away the hides at the end because she does that immediately after finding out from one of the maids i think that he's just gonna burn them like he's not actually gonna do anything with them and she's like that's ridiculous and she just runs after there is like please take them please (laughs) yeah and i was like that's like one of the only moments she really like gets to make a choice for herself really (laughs) and that's like a straight act of defiance against phil um so i did like that part no definitely because now that i'm thinking about it yeah she's never like air quotes punished like it Mm -hmm. that happens and i honestly i was waiting for the scene where like phil like uh, you know instigates something with her and like maybe hits her i don't know and it never that never came like she gets away with it the husband like i thought maybe he was (laughs) gonna be like yeah well phil was right so i'm gonna have to like send you away or something and i was like oh my gosh like i was waiting for something like that to happen but he literally just looks at phil and goes well sorry (laughs) like that's it and i was like yo okay (laughs) (laughs) and i was like i feel so seen (laughs) i love this guy (laughs) i know oh my gosh Um, yeah yeah i think the way that like tension was built was was a lot was really different and it kept me on my toes so like um like you said that banjo playing scene which sounds funny like if i didn't know this movie i'd be like what the fuck but it was intense and just like yeah like the things that they did like saving the bunny with with the sun and like that scene with the handkerchief and like there was just a lot of things that like i i just did not know at any point where it was gonna go next it was amazing and like the way they shot the the banjo versus piano scene it felt like a horror movie like they really did use like like the similar effects of like horror with like the cutting back and forth and like the the like i'm hearing something but i'm not quite sure if i'm hearing it and then i i'm gonna ignore it and then like the third time you're like oh my gosh that's actually happening and then you're like where is it coming from and then you're like oh it's that guy and you're like okay but why and like doing the like the repetition and even like the the he like whistles i think at some point and it's like creepy (laughs) i feel like honestly that may be something that might be lost on people because that is like a situation i have been in and and like i know that sort of feeling like i i um totally empathize with the wife like that's totally something like such a relatable feeling i don't know if that's like specifically a like yeah i'm like does every woman have an experience like that (laughs) you know what i'm saying like where it's like that's the worst fear is like you're gonna like try something and a dude just like upstages you or like talks over you like that's always um but i feel like that might be like like that's a moment that i thought was just so spectacular maybe a lot of people just didn't um, feel that and I think that um, typically I'm on I'm usually one of those people so like when there's like a heterosexual romance or like a lot of different like things that movies try to imply without trying very much 
um, or being very overt um, are lost on me. So, like, when a boy and a girl say hi in a movie and then they're having sex the next scene, I'm like, okay, I don't know what happened there. Like, there was no tension. Like, they didn't try, but they, they expect you yeah, to feel it. Yeah, they expect you to feel it, which is so frustrating as an asexual. I'm just like, okay, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, try a little harder. <laughs> Um, but I feel like that might be a scene for a lot of people where they're like, I didn't feel the tension. I don't, they expected you to know how it felt. But finally yeah. I'm like, oh, I totally know how that feels. Yeah. And like, even it's to like scary. a predatory like point, yeah. because like, that's a thing, like, like what's that thing that like dudes do where they, this is, I hope everyone has an experience this as a woman, but like, you know, when you're like walking to your car and like some dude's just like following you. <laughs> <laughs> like walking on the or when you're just like walking on the sidewalk and some dude's following you with his car <laughs> like why that happens Stop. but that happens that's so scary yeah, yeah and it's it's literally like that it's like you're walking you're like okay this seems a little odd this car's like going real slow and then you like look over and they like stop and then you like keep going and then you look over and they stop again and then you keep going you look over and they stop and they roll the window down and you're just like I I know <laughs> I cannot do this, not right now, please. Like, I just want to run. It's and like it's the illusion like, of, like, doing two different things. Because yeah. it's like, you could interpret it as, like, he was just playing the instrument at the same time, coincidentally, but it's like, you you know. Yeah, like, like it, we know. You know, you know. You know? You know? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that, that's always what happens because, like, a guy will, like, be doing something and, like, and it, it's pointed and then when you call it out, they could very easily say, like, that's not what I was trying to do at all mm-hmm. and, and that could be passable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where if a guy's following you and then finally, like, you meet up with a friend and then he turns the corner, it's like, you could be like, hey, you were following me and he, he'd be like, no, I just, I'm going down no, this street. Going the you know way. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, like it's that, that sort of, many like... many times in class where, like, like, I've had Existent, bro. Dude. <laughs> this is a call out straight at him. I was like, you really waited outside the bathroom for that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've had instances where I, like, go to the bathroom to hide from, like, someone, and then, like, they, you know, give up, and then they leave, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. And then I've had, like, a dude in a class. That one was annoying. The one, the one, uh, the one that sound in editing class. Oh, my lord. <laughs> Bro, I know what talking about. That was this movie. I was Kristen Dunst in this movie. It's like, I feel like I'm going insane. Yeah, I mean, that is, like, why I thought it was just so unique in this movie, because it it wasn't the overt stuff you normally get where they, like, actually have, like, physical altercations and stuff. It yeah. was, like, implied in, in, in ways that I just have never seen before, but I can definitely relate to, and yeah. that was just, like, mind-blowing. That was so good. Like, I, I feel like um, this movie kind of reminded me of, like, that 
not necessarily a genre of like uh women directors that make movies that are studies in like masculinity <laughs> because like she's she did this movie and obviously you kind of get like the idea of like like the i the idea of like what an ideal man is versus like what being a real person is <laughs> and like that conflict but then um what's her name she did point break and the hurt locker Cat Bigelow. Oh. oh, okay. Um, she also and like a lot of people don't even know that those movies are directed <laughs> written by women. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, that's crazy. It's like a girl, and it's like, yeah, she's the first one to win an Oscar, so kind of crazy. But like, she was for best director. Mm-hmm. No way. Really? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, look it that's up. That's crazy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like those are those two movies that I mentioned from her, Point Break and Hurt Locker. Those are movies that dudes are like, yeah, we love this movie, and I'm like, half of them missed the entire point, which is similar to like American Psycho, <laughs> which is also a movie by a woman. And it's like, come on, it, I feel like this is another movie that's kind of like in that genre of like, we're gonna talk about masculinity, we're gonna study masculinity, and I'm gonna do it in a way that like men and women can both pick up on because it is an experience that we both experience like we both suffer from this (laughs) we both are subject to this and if we don't like it's something I think that like kind of that idea of like um like women are not also subject to just being human beings we're also subject to being women and oppressed by men (laughs) and so because of that extra layer we have not one experience from an interaction but two and then even more if you're like of color and you know the the layers pile on and whatnot um but I think that those movies are just like one of those examples of like uh the female gaze is just the male gaze and how the female gaze is almost even more nuanced than the male gaze because of those added layers um because like you'll say like oh yeah there needs to be more women in the industry or blah 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 and then like some people will say really dumb things like oh but like a woman can write from a man it's like what are you talking about some of your favorite things are really women no <laughs> like the entire sci-fi genre is started yeah. by women like come on dude it's just kind of funny and it's like you really think we don't understand how you work because you quite literally project all of it onto us like we have to know how you work in order for our survival so I don't understand what your point is there but whatever yeah and especially being raised on like in even in school like literature and everything that like it's all male centric like you learn about all the male like we're quite um, literally taught to center men our entire lives yes um, yeah, through everything. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty familiar. <laughs> I feel like I'm a pro. <laughs> um, okay, well, would you would you fuck anyone in this movie, be honest? No. <laughs> <laughs> then we can just do Mary and Friend Zone. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let me find the people. Let me find but the guys. Just oh, yeah, Captain Mary Diggle. George, right? He's the nice brother. He, yeah, he's cute. He's nice. 
and Mary George. Um, and then um, friends of him. What the heck is the son's name? Peter. Peter. My lord. <laughs> How did you remember that? I looked it up. You remembered it? Uh, I When I was watching the movies, I was like, LOL, another movie in which... Kristen Dunst has to say Peter endearingly because of the Spider movie, Spider Man movies, because his name's Peter. And oh, I was like, oh, what, what is God. like every time she's like with some male Peter? <laughs> and oh, that was like a button. <laughs> it triggered me remembering his name was Peter. That's so funny. <laughs> um, We could do the sun. I don't know. Oh, I was going to say just friends. He's like 26, I think. Yeah, he's Let me see. older than me. <laughs> yeah, he's older than both of us. The, his Wikipedia says 1995 or 1996. I don't know. Still older but than either me. either way. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not even sure I'd be his, like, real friend, you know? Yeah. That'd be kind of like how that main girl was like, hey, can I suck a bunny? And I'm like, Dude, what the heck? <laughs> I know he's a weird. He was scary too. I won't lie. Yeah, no, I actually full heartedly believe that he did kill Phil. Like, I feel like he did to protect no, his mom. Like, I, I'm no, 100%. that's one hundred percent what happened. <laughs> Even yeah. though like it's questionable, I one hundred percent believe it. Like, he was smart, and he knew all the ins and outs of like surgery because he going to school for surgery and he like studies animals and stuff and like knows how people get diseases and sick and he poisoned it. It was it was murder. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't think he planned to do it that way, but he knew. When you see him at the end with gloves on when he has the rope, he knows. You yeah. Know? Yeah, he has like, gloves on, he's it? holding the rope, he puts the rope under yeah. his bed. Yeah. But then knows. like you also see him earlier like he quite almost deliberately goes out there searching for like a dead animal you know well here's the thing because um if like all the circumstances had to be perfect so like the fact that he had that phil had the cut on his hand Mm -hmm. and then the fact that all of his other hides got given away by the mom yeah so those were kind of like chance circumstances i think maybe he didn't expect for it to be that perfect but i think yeah he definitely knew what he was doing he was waiting (laughs) yeah i think the big question is does did phil know did you think because at the end you see him walking out with the rope and he just is like mute you know and george is like peter he's like yeah george is like yeah he's like i'll give it to him i'll give it to him but i don't know if phil like wanted to give it to him you know because you think like oh like phil made him the rope he like wants to give it to peter as his dying wish i'm almost thinking at this point phil is pissed and he's like it was because of this because of this rope you know and he's gonna yeah he's gonna confront peter that's what i think but then george kind of stops him and like forces him in the car so i think that that's a real question but yeah does he know? That was amazing. I'm like, does, oh. anyone, does, does George know? Who knows? Because he's like, dude, that's a nasty cut you got there. And then he's like, he died of anthrax. He doesn't touch those animals. So he probably thinks his brother was murdered, but like, just doesn't know who. Yeah. Like, who knows? Who's gonna yeah. expect Peter? Yeah. And I think it, they kind of did a good job with Peter's character 
because um you can tell he's confident you can tell he's not insecure in the way that maybe phil was insecure Mm -hmm. when um it's obvious when he's like walking through the camp and everyone's like laughing at him and making fun of him but he like doesn't even listen to them and his back is straight and he like does what he's gonna do he like goes to look at birds and he just walks back like he doesn't give a fuck yeah i think that they did a good job with that because he from the from day one he is the type to do some crazy shit like fucking kill a man like i think you know so it's like believable day <laughs> like one. he would do that crazy shit <laughs> just looked at him you would kill a man <laughs> you've got the look yeah. of a murderer my boy <laughs> yeah as soon as phil like lit his paper flower on fire it was over <laughs> peter real, wanted though. blood i was like bro yeah. he made these flowers and you're just like i'm gonna light it on fire and <laughs> So, so horrible. I know. It's sad. Um, okay, so FMF Corner is cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I looked at um how many do I have? Okay, so I have ten today. We normally look at nine, but I have ten because visual effects included women, and Yay. I think that that's really cool. So every time that there's women doing visual effects, I include it. Um, so writer and director. Women, we include them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we're inclusive here. So um, director obviously was a woman. The writer was Jane Campion, but then there were uh, some other co-writers. Um, but women were included there. Editor was not a woman. Um, cinematographer was a woman Um, art director was visual effects um, composer no but then sound costume and makeup all had women Um, so of the 10 positions 8 of them had women which is fucking awesome I love that for this movie because it's a fucking awesome movie Um, so yeah and it's getting a lot of Oscar buzz so I really hope something good comes of it because I think that it deserves anything that comes its way yeah i don't know if did did they did their um fucking i can't talk did the academy awards announce if they're gonna push back the oscars or not i don't know but speaking of the academy awards i looked it up Catherine bigelow did win best picture best director first woman to win best director wow that's crazy that's she was only the fourth to be nominated oh my goodness that's sad that's 2010 dude 2010 (laughs) for the hurt locker that's like 80 years after the academy awards which is crazy that sucks yeah yeah i don't i like didn't want to believe it but oh and people were like sexism is over (laughs) i forget that the hurt locker like didn't come out like in the early early 2000s <laughs> like i don't know why just in my head i had that as like a 2005 like <laughs> it feels ancient yeah i mean it's 12 years ago that's pretty that's a long time 12 years yeah 11 years between women winning oscars for best director <laughs> or best picture bro that's yeah. stupid <laughs> Anyway. Um, okay, well then, what would you rate the movie? This movie? Yes. I mean, it's really good. I really think that, like, the script and the dialogue and the cinematography and everything is good. Like, I wouldn't change anything about it, so I'd probably give it, like... Well, okay, I probably would change, like... I would probably make <laughs> Chris- Kirsten Dunn's character, the mom, like, 
not Better. the only reason that men have things to do, but <laughs> yeah. other than that, I would keep most of it the same. So probably like a like an eight. Yeah, I think that's what most people rated it on Letterboxd, yeah. like four out of five. Especially since it's like in the genre of movies that I don't necessarily like enjoy. Like, right, that's yeah. pretty high, I think, considering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is kind of one of those movies that I feel like if there just weren't so many, like, sort of, like, erratic wife caricatures around in other movies, maybe I would feel more, like, would feel better about it. Um, and, and honestly, I didn't, that didn't overpower um, my experience watching the movie. It is a really, like, male-centric movie, and like you said, it is kind of like a... Um, I forgot how you phrased it. Like, uh, what did you call it? Something about masculinity? Like a take on masculinity? Oh, yeah, like a study or like a, a deep study. dive of masculinity. <laughs> yeah, and I honestly think that it could be it could be seen like that. And so I don't think it's something that, um, like, detracted from my viewing experience. So yeah. at least in that respect. Because, um, like, there's I mean, been worse done to characters right. like Kirsten Dunn's character. Like, it wasn't yeah. as bad. Like, she definitely still had, like, a sense of like having her own agency and like she was able yeah. to make like certain decisions and stuff it was just like for the plot a lot right. of what happened in the plot was or like what a lot of the the different men their like um motivations were tied to like her existence that was just that yeah. was the thing that i didn't no, that makes sense. I guess just because I think I see her as more three-dimensional than George, even. I yeah, like George no, was, like she was probably the most paper, like, character <laughs> in the entire thing. Um, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. Honestly, this checked all my boxes. I fucking love cowboy shit. I love Gaze. <laughs> I love just everything like this, and it was amazing. So I'm going to give this one a hot 10 because I think it's, like, perfect. Honestly, I think it's perfect. So I think it's perfect. I think it's fantastic. I told my mom to watch it, and she was like, um she's like oh, my lungs hurt from holding my breath the whole time and i was like mom i know it's so good <laughs> i know it's almost like a psychological thriller Dude, so yes. yes i'm like oh i'm like mom they should put that on the movie poster like oh, that review dude yeah they should i just thought it was great do you so what movies would you recommend do you have recommendations I'm not quite sure I have, like, actual recommendations, because it kind of did just remind me of, like, The Hurt Locker and, <laughs> like, Point Break as far as, like, the men and, like, their struggles with, like, different types of masculinity and stuff. Like, I don't know. That was... I quite literally was like, oh, I should watch those movies again, like, after watching this <laughs> one. So I guess I would recommend yeah. this, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably just the ones I mentioned, too. I mean, Brokeback is obviously the most overt gay cowboy movie ever um, <laughs> it's like the what, what is it like the the stereotypical like gay movie is it i think so it's, it's like one of those movies where someone's like <laughs> it's it's like if there were a movie and you had a character that came out as gay and the mom was like i'm trying to be supportive she she'd be like do you want to watch brokeback mountain Oh. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure that did in fact happen in a movie. I just don't know which one. <laughs> no, you're right. I think what I remember that. that it happens, movie. right? I think it was like. Let me make sure if I'm right. 
it might have been this shitty movie called Gay Best Friend. Did you ever watch a movie called that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I watched that like in high school, I think, but it was bad. Yeah, same. I watched it because there was literally nothing else to watch and I couldn't sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was back when Netflix didn't have oh anything gosh. on it. <laughs> Dude, for real. The only thing to watch at that time was The Walking Dead. And <laughs> yes. That was it. Like, if you weren't watching The Walking Dead, or, like, Vampire Diaries, which I believe Vampire Diaries wasn't even on <laughs> Netflix was, at the time. It was just, like, yeah, on TV. Yeah, that was TV. people like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I think it was, like, I was watching Parks and Rec. Like, I, I had finished Parks and Rec, like, that week's Parks and Rec, and so I, I was like, what's on Netflix? And I just watched it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I may have been watching The 100. Oh, but yeah. But I can't remember. Like, I think that was, like, the first season of The 100 when it came out. <laughs> Lord. That's so funny that we both said. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> the way that awoke so many memories in me. Yeah, I remember that scene because, well, honestly, not to make this a Brokeback Mountain episode now, but that um, portrayal, I'm pretty sure it was Gay Best Friend. It's it's called GBF, I think, if people are curious. Yeah, like GBF. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's that movie. If it's not, I'm sorry for dragging it through the mud, but there is this scene where he's, like, sitting on the couch with his mom, and the mom turns on Brokeback Mountain, and she's, like, like feigning, like, interest, but, it, like, is kind of shocked in that sort of way, and it's supposed to be, like, funny, like, her reaction, but I think, like, all those sort of portrayals of Brokeback Mountain, and when people would talk about it, I thought that it was, like, a shitty movie. I thought that it sucked, and it was corny, and it was bad, and I never would have yeah. watched it, except I watched it for a film class, and it was amazing. <laughs> it's one of the best <laughs> movies ever made. Like, I still haven't gotten around to watching it, and I know, like, a lot of people, like, yeah, it's, like, one of those, like, really good movies, but, like, at this point, they're, like, like, when it comes up in the movies, it's, like, the, oh, we should watch Brokeback Mountain, it's, like, like, the only gay movie they've ever heard of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's probably the most mainstream. I can't think of another one, like... Because it had, like, two really high-profile actors. Yeah, I don't know if... Were they high-profile at the time? What did Heath Ledger have? I know Heath Ledger was. He was? Yeah. Good for him. R.I.P. I know. He was so young. Dude. So fucked up. Um... Yeah. So, if you would like the... Like, if you like Power of the Dog, Brokeback Mountain... And it, it's... The name, even, just kind of, like, fucks me up, but... Brokeback Mountain fucked me up, and it's so good, and it definitely has, like, the same energy, except they actually are canonically gay. It's not just, like, implied shit, so, um, you definitely like that. Or just any fucking cowboy movie. Anything with Clint Eastwood in it. Good, bad, the ugly, all that shit's so good. (laughs) So, fuck yeah. (laughs) Cowboys for life. think that's it the, sh- the episode's always short when we like the movie <laughs> i know because we're just like yeah we, just, we don't have as many things to go off on yeah well i guess this, this isn't actually that much shorter than our last episode we're like 49 minutes i think yeah it's 55 so yeah well thanks for joining us um if you haven't already uh we made a new website so you should definitely go and check that out if you're on instagram it's in the link in our bio 
Um, and then it's also in our podcast description. So yeah, go check it out. Leave us a review. Leave us voicemails and we can like talk to you guys and answer your question on air. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Fuck so yeah. we could actually do. Oh, that'd be so fun. Any takers. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so cool. Yeah, it would be really fun. Aww. Um, yeah. Other than that, I don't think there's anything else happening that's different. <laughs> we're gonna keep watching movies and we're gonna keep reviewing them, so uh, join us uh, next time. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.